Hello, Fantasy Disc Golf fans, and welcome to Chill Disc Days, a sports ethos presentation. I am your host, Matthew Williams, and you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Chilliams, M-R-C-H-I-L-L-I-A-M-S. And I'd like to officially welcome you to episode number three of Chill Disc Days. On today's episode, we're going to get into some potential breakout candidates, uh, look at some guys who, if things break right, could be poised for a big season in 2023. I have uh, quite a few names on here, so we're going we're gonna to get right into it. Uh, first on my list, I have Luke Sampson. He, he's kind of fresh in the mind. He just came off the Lake Marshall win, uh, had 12th at the New World Championship. So, um, the Castaplast specialist, he, he had an up and down, um, 2022, his best finish came at the start of the year. He got 10th at the Las Vegas challenge, got 21st at dynamic disc open and the Portland open, uh, came in at an average finish of 49.12. Uh, he did have some poor, you know, performances mixed in there. Um, 83rd at Des Moines challenge. 78 at Worlds, 88th at the Preserve. Um, but really, I mean, I think when we're looking at some of these breakout candidates, you're really looking for for guys who are still maybe relatively, I'm kind of looking at guys who are maybe relatively new on the tour, maybe have a year or two of experience under their belt, have shown potential and upside. I think those first couple of years on the tour, you're really figuring out more kind of like just the tour lifestyle. I feel like there's a really big learning curve once you're getting started. So I could see how those early early seasons could just be really adjusting to life on the road and whatnot. So I mean Luke's been um Luke's been on tour since like twenty eighteen, but really only been at a lot of the events, looks like since twenty twenty. So I mean he does have about three years of experience under his belt looks like in 2020 he had an average finish around 60 for elite series and and disc golf pro tour events and then in 2021 he had an average finish of 49.9 so not a huge improvement from his performance last year but the thing I like with Luke in terms of upside is he seems to be really a charismatic, high-energy, hard-working guy. You listen to his interview with Terry Miller. Terry Miller is talking about how a lot of guys on tour are talking about him walking around with a stack of putters, just emphasizing his work ethic. He had mentioned how Ricky had invited him to train with him in the off-season in Arizona. So, It sounded like, it didn't sound like it was a sure thing, but it sounded like Luke was leaning that way to go train with Ricky in the offseason. So that can only help his game for for next year. So um, he was already coming out hot. I like his game. Uh, He can obviously throw a mile. And then like you saw it, you know, hole one at Lake Marshall. The first hole he... Like normally, I feel like uh, he would have gone for that birdie putt on hole one, but he ended up laying up for the par. It was the last round, hole one, Lake Marshall, and you know I've seen him do like a practice round with 
Noah Fivash and Noah Meansma, and he's talking about how he's trying to birdie every hole. So I just think that that was a something that caught my eye a little bit is maybe a little development and maturity um, in terms of his golf game. Maybe not just trying to run everything, go for every birdie. Because it seems like he has the talent. He has a baseball background. So I know he's got the arm. And Casaplas has a huge cult following. I know a lot of people are a fan of the Berg as an approach disc. And he's been throwing a lot of that, throwing some race as well. He's got the mixed bag. So I mean, I think I like where his game's at. I think I like where his mental game's at. I like his energy. I like his charisma. I just He's a pretty authentic guy. If you listen to him talk to Terry. So uh, as, a, as a guy with upside and, and someone you want to bet on in terms of work ethic and talent, you know, I think he's shown the potential to kind of, yeah, he is a, what I say, a potential breakout candidate for 2023. Next on the list, we have Gavin Babcock. Uh, really made a name for himself on that GK Pro Skins Ace at the Portland Open. That shirtless chase down was just so epic. It was great to see the uh, GK Pro Skins get that ace on the board. But he had a, he had a solid year on the on the course as well. He went from 13 events played in 2021 with an average finish of 57.9 to 16 events in 2022 with an average finish of 49.65. He was kind of like Luke in terms of having kind of like an up and down year. Like he placed fifth at the Champions Cup Major, 17th at Portland Open, 12th at Worlds 12th at USDGC. I mean, so those are some pretty impressive performances, but then you had, you know, 94th at Las Vegas Challenge, 80th at the Preserve in Idlewild, 98th at Ledgestone, um, 76th at Green Mountain. So just more consistency, I think, is really what you're looking out at, Gavin. He had, you know, some pretty impressive, I guess, C2 putting stats. He was at 29%, which was good for 22nd. Um, but he's he's kind of like another one of those guys I kind of just want to bet on because, one, his competitive energy seems off the charts. As a former wrestler, he, uh, he definitely seemed like a real competitive guy wants to win. So you always want to just bet on guys who are super competitive and have, you know, just want to win. But also he's he's kind of built, you know, a team, been part of that prodigy team with like Isaac and Gannon and Alden. So, I mean, those are good guys to be surrounded with. So I just think, you know, iron sharpens iron. He's he's had a couple, you know, seasons on tour now. So I just think he's a guy who with more experience under his belt, getting his name out there more, really just, you know, put more work into his game. Uh, I think you could see him take another leap in 2023. All right. The next name on the list, Evan Smith, the North Carolina guy. Uh, really got on my radar at the Mid-America Open in the, the Missouri area. Harmony Bends, I've played that course, so definitely was watching that coverage. And he had a rec- course record tying. 11 down I think with Connor O'Reilly at the time they basically put up the course record around the same time 
and kind of fizzled out in the in the uh, final round with a plus two performance. But he showed a lot to his game in you know not only that event but all year. Um, he played seven skip base events in 2022 with an average finish of 28.6. And if you get rid of 62nd place at USDGC, that kind of bumps up to around 23. So he really showed out. I mean, he had his best performance was tied for third along with a slew of other players at the Des Moines Challenge. But, you know, he had 22nd at Champions Cup Major, 28th at Preserve, 34th at Isle Wild, 31st at Great Lakes Open, 20th at Ledgestone Open. So he got 62 at, yeah, USDGC that last event. But other than that, he was pretty consistent. And what, you know, stood out to me was his his putting stats for 2022. He was 88% from C1X and 31% from C2, which was good for top 15 in both categories. So I think what uh, hampered his game a little bit just from, you know, the limited from what I saw, like with hole one at Harmony Bins and just some of these numbers, uh, fairway hits was 51st at 72%, 45th in scramble at 52%. So uh, just maybe staying away from danger off the tee um, it seems like he's got a real solid putting stroke on the green. So just giving himself an opportunity and playing safe. I mean, he really looks like a guy. Um, if he can get those events up and just get more experience, he's only played, you know, eight elite series and majors. So he's, uh, he's performed extremely well when he's been out there. Um, North Carolina, I know it's a big, you know, area for disc golf. So, his game looks to be shaping up uh, real well. So, I mean, his average finish is for those eight elite series and and majors is at 32.25. So, he's definitely a guy. I don't know if he will get... He should get probably get drafted. Um, just like those seven events is a little off-putting. But if he, if he gets on tour, I'm going to look at his schedule definitely because if he's on tour and getting closer to the 14, 15. If he's a full-time tour guy, he's definitely going to be a big name to, to look out for next year. I also liked, you know, Evan's demeanor. He seems like real stoic, even when he was off to a rough start at Mid-America that final round. He seemed to really maintain his poise. So I like his demeanor. I like his game. And I think he is shaping up well for a good year next year. Uh, next guy on the list, we have Ezra Robinson, a uh, younger brother of Isaac who popped off in 2022. Uh, Ezra sh- did show some some promise last year playing in five elite series and majors. Came in with an average finish of 43.8. He had a best finish of 25th at Jonesboro. He had a 34th at Idlewild, 35th at USDGC, uh, 47th at Ledgestone, and then 78th at Worlds. Uh, He was competitive in that new world championship. You saw him tie with his older brother at 17 down, I believe, for third. So showing some promise. I think what Ezra doesn't have that uh, Isaac has is that C2 putting. 
Uh, he was 15% C2 during the New World Championship and 20% during the whole 2022 se- season, whereas Isaac was at 32% C2 last year. So he was solid at C1X. He was 95% for New World and 84% from C1X for 2022, the events he played, but that's C2 putting, um, hovering around like the 15 to 20% range. You know, I think that could be an area for improvement. If he can maybe take some lessons from his brother, um, obviously getting those events up from five. And as I mentioned in one of the first episodes with like Isaac only being in 11 events, you know, that's just an area where I want to really check out both of those guys schedules, uh, before I put out like my final rankings, because, think he's got a lot of upside um he can definitely throw the disc very well kind of reminiscent of Isaac it's the mental game and the putting game like he seemed to yeah I've only I've only seen a little bit of him so I don't want to call him like a hothead or anything but he seemed to get it be getting a little frustrated with some of his throws so that's just something I'm going to keep an eye on him as I see his game and maturity develop is is the putting, especially C2, and just kind of like his demeanor after a bad throw. Just uh, maybe the scramble percent. Scramble percent, let's see, yeah. He was at 47%, which was like 102nd, whereas Isaac was at 51%, which was good for 63rd. So I don't know if there's a strong correlation there between like I guess mental game and scramble percentage throwing a like after a bad throw kind of just getting up and down and and whatnot but uh, that's just something I'm going to keep an eye on um, before he's kind of one of those breakout candidates I'm a little hesitant to go all in on this year I'm probably going to be more on the wait and see side of things for this season just in terms of the events played and you know he had an average finish of 43.8. I don't know. Isaac blew up last year, so you kind of hate to be on the wrong side of another Robinson brother sleeper. So, yeah, he's on the he's definitely on the list, potential breakout candidate, but I think there is some more I have to see of his game on my end as well as as well as just him showcasing more, being on tour more. All right. Next guy on the list, I have Jake Hebenheimer. Now, while Jake garnered a lot of attention for his horseshoe putts, uh, I was curious what the numbers were, and they don't look, honestly, too favorably on his stroke. He finished 2022 with his best C1X putting performance so far of his career at 75%, which was good for 190 seconds. So, Despite the putting attention, it's really been his top 40 fairway hits parked in birdie percentage that's really drove his performance. So although ranked so poorly in C1X stats, it was a it was a decent sized improvement from 2021. Um, his C1X in 2021 was 56%. So it did bump up to 75%. So if he does make improvements, his throwing has already shown it's really what's keeping him competitive. And if he just gets more comfortable with that, you know, horseshoe putt, I just think sometimes, like, if there's obstacles in the way or um, an elevation 
change. I think that I think that affects his putt more so than like a spin putter who can kind of adjust. So I don't know if that played effect into that 75% C1X putting stat, but I just think for for someone who gets so much attention for his putting, it really wasn't like off the charts amazing or anything. But if you just look at his performance last year, he was another one of those guys. He got third at Dynamic Disc Open. He was 20th at Jonesboro, 29th at Des Moines Challenge, 30th at Worlds, 12th at Green Mountain Championships. So he's put up some uh, impe- uh, impressive performances. Um, he definitely has shown potential. He was at 10 events last year. Looks like he's been kind of hovering around that 10 elite series and major range. So I'm putting him as a potential breakout candidate. Again, I think his schedule is going to be a factor. But with an average finish of 33.4, he could be one of those guys that ends up on waivers and could be a great streaming option or definitely like a late late uh, draft pick just because he's playing in almost half the events but his average finish has been up there I think if he continues working on his putting and and whatnot he should bump that average finish up maybe even to the the 20s so potential breakout candidate I really think it's tied to his schedule more so than the putting but that putting definitely could bump his average finish up see maybe some more you know, top 10 performances and and gain more kind of like national attention as well. All right. Next on the list, I have uh, Tristan Tanner. So Tristan, he's, uh, he was just kind of all over the place in 2022. He had finishes ranging from third to 95th. He had third place at Worlds. He had six at the Las Vegas Challenge. 35th at USDGC, 31st at Discraft Great Lakes Open. But then, you know, he has some performances where he's coming in at 95th at Ottawild, 86th at Waco, 80th at Preserve. So, like, it's hard to trust a guy when he's going from, like, 6th at LVC and then 86th at Waco. He got 3rd at Worlds, and then the next event he got 85th at Green Mountain Championship. So, you know, you watch him play, and he's like, you got he's got a dominant forehand real smooth thinking just you know when big germs jealous of your forehand you know you're doing something right and his putting seems pretty solid he was 83% c1x and 27% c2 so no major issues there I think his issue could be he was 69% fairway hits 131st and 144th and scramble percentage at 44%. Yeah, his touch game, I feel like, is definitely where his his improvement is going to need to come from. You know, just seeing some of the the um, videos, even with, like, he had a video with Ezra, Brody, and Garrett Everson, and he was just seeming off uh, all day, and... Yeah, I just think he is his touch game is it could use some work. He just seems to be pretty inconsistent, and I don't. I, it also also could be mental. Like I remember at Worlds, they were talking about how he was just getting into 
kind of like a flow of eating the same thing every day and just staying in the same routine. So he could be one of those guys where he's just got to be real locked in that week and focused or else you could see him slip off real bad. So I think, yeah, I'm putting him as potential breakout candidate because I think he's shown potential. What we want to see from him is consistency and some work on that touch, you know, approach, scramble game, whatnot. Speaking of uh, Garrett Everson, I do have him on my list as a potential breakout candidate for 2022. Um, He has had back-to-back seasons with top 20 finishes at the Preserve. Garrett is from the South Dakota area like Ezra Aderholt, so it could be a you know more local event that he's familiar with. Could be why he's performed so well there, but he played in seven skip base events last year with an average finish of 46.4. He had that best finish of 13th at the Preserve. Uh, He had 38th at Discraft Great Lakes Open, 40th at USDGC, 61st at Worlds, 50th at Ledgestone. So I don't know how old uh, Garrett actually is. You see, turned pro 2019. He seems like a younger guy for sure on the on the upswing um he had 84 percent c1x putts 26 percent c2 putts so both of those were top 50 seems like he can throw well he's a team albatross rep so i believe he has a mixed bag and I know I saw a video with him and uh, Casey White busting out the the P2 putter, so little dismania love right there, but he's one of those guys I don't know a ton about his game, but he's like he's just a he's a guy I wanted to put on the list um just cuz I've seen his name pop up and and you know, he seems like a younger guy on the upswing. I know he's been in some videos with Ezra Aderhold, so kind of like another one of those situations with just iron sharper and iron with like luke and and ricky and gavin and the prodigy team like some of these young up-and-comers who were just hanging out spending more time practicing with some of these more established tour players i think can only help their game so you know looking at some of those players who have developed a relationship with some of the better players on tour i think could be another aspect of looking at some of these players for 2023 that could be breakout candidates so he's a guy I'm gonna definitely have on my list as a name to look out for and see if he perhaps makes it to more than seven events next year and where that average finish is kind of tapering out at next on my list I have Chandler Kramer uh, the bleach haired forehand dominant rookie out of Texas uh, made it to 15 skip ace events last year with an average finish of 45.9. I feel like he really showed out in some of the Europe uh, events. I know he was on the uh, PCS Sula open coverage and had his best finish being fifth place at the European Open. He had a real solid stretch of the year where he got 21st at Portland Open 22nd at the Preserve, 25th at Idlewild, and then 5th at European Open. 
He also got 12th at the Des Moines Challenge and 20th at Worlds, but did have some, you know, some slip ups in there. Um, 96th at DDO, 80th at USDGC, 67th at OTB Open, 68th at Jonesboro. So he is a, as I mentioned, forehand dominant player. I've I've only seen him throw forehand. I mean, he's he's got a great forehand. He can really flip that thing up and he's got a unique stance really I mean he's got a he's got a great forehand he is you know I'm sure Big Germ and then would be proud but even Big Germ and like Nate Sexton have a backhand and I think he mentioned he does have a backhand he just you know chooses not to use it but I just think on a lot of shots especially where you want to have like on the approach the disc kind of settle up nicely I feel like backhand is definitely more favorable in terms of just the approach game but he was uh doing just fine so there I mean a couple things just worry about me with his game a little bit just you know I've only seen him for like a year but let's see his c1x putting was at 77 percent which was 176th and it was kind of hard to tell by his demeanor. He kind of seems like he's just a guy who's kind of in his own world a little bit. I don't know if I love his demeanor yet or not. I'm still unsure. But like he, to me, he doesn't seem super confident in his putting. He had some like, I've seen some bad whiffs out of him that makes me a little nervous, especially if you're forehand dominant and like, you know, just some of the way that. The disc can like stand up and roll after a forehand approach is just makes kind of I think that C1X putting even more important. You know, if you're not putting yourself, if if it's tougher to put yourself right next to the basket without a backhand approach, and this is just thinking through like what I want to see from this game. If uh, if you're not getting those consistent approaches right next to the basket. The C1X putts at 77%, whiffing them, have comebackers. I think uh, that's just an aspect of his game that needs improvement. He was at 24% C2. His putt doesn't look awful. Like some he hits dead center. He's got nice spin on it, but he does whiff some that that hurts. And it to me, he didn't look extremely confident in his putt. That's what I'll say. So... That's just something I will be looking out for. As I mentioned, his demeanor was kind of hard to read, but that was the impression I got. And the numbers aren't great at sub 80 for C1X. So just a couple things I want to see. I want to see some better C1X putting from him next year. I want to see if he has any backhand whatsoever before. But he was at 15 events. So like the schedule is nice and you know it was his first year so you're hopefully you're hoping he can only get better so while there are things that yeah you would like to see him get better you almost have to give him the edge as a breakout candidate just because you just because his schedule was so favorable last year he was at 15 events the lone star rep i know they added a bunch of more lone star members so Hopefully, you know, he's looking to make a name for himself with that deep Lone Star roster next season. 
And the last name I have for your breakout candidates for 2023, I got Kevin Kiefer. Now, this is a guy who really wasn't on my radar um, for 2022 until I saw him at the Lake Marshall Open and kind of went back and dived into his game a little bit. He had an average finish of 53 and a half last year with 13 skip base events played. Best finish being 16th at Ledgestone Open. Uh, did have 22nd at the Champions Cup Major, 31st at Jonesboro, 35th at Des Moines Challenge. So had some nice performances, had some poor ones. 91st at Idlewild, um, 73rd at Worlds, 73rd at Texas State, 70th at Waco. So 68th at Dynamic Disc Open looks like. Don't know if some of those windier places really affected his game. But yeah, I watched some of his. Also, he had like an iron scratch match with Ricky and, and Andrew Fish. And I just liked the way he really like talked through some of the holes with Ricky. I like his... He looks athletic. I like his throw. It looks like he doesn't really... Um, I don't want to say doesn't have a forehand, but maybe definitely is backhand dominant he is a latitude 64 guy from florida i think he said he was between like calvin and and johnny mccray um his hometown so he uh he's a guy i'm just gonna have an eye on just i really liked his demeanor he only played in waco and texas states last year so I don't know. I mean, he's from Florida. Maybe he just hit some of the Texas events. But yeah, and then 2022, 13 events. So really his first full year on tour last year. Got top 10 at both Lake Marshall and, and New World Championship. So uh, he's just another guy. He seems athletic, uh, charismatic, you know, seems to have a good good brain for the game. Um, seems like a solid player. So just some of these guys who are on the upswing. He's out there, and I like what I've seen so far. So excited to just see more out of him for, for next year. All right. Well, I think that will do it for this episode of Chill Disc Days, a sports ethos presentation. Again, I am your host, Matthew Williams. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Mr. Chilliams. Next week, we will get into some bounce back candidates for 2023. Some guys in 2022 who were affected maybe by injuries or just underwhelming performances that we're going to look at 2023 to bounce back. Thank you for listening and may all your bogeys become birdies.